We're beginning a brand new series, three-week series that begins today. And uh, week one of this series, the series is entitled, What Would Jesus Undo? What Would Jesus Undo? <clears throat> Today's message is um, not forgiving our offender. I'll explain more about that in just a moment. Again, I want to I wanna just welcome everybody. I want to thank you for being with us at Word of Life. It means a lot when you show up, especially our first-time guests, your very first time here. We know that that can be a little bit intimidating, a little bit odd, feel a little bit weird coming into a church with a bunch of people you may not know, but we count it a privilege that you would be among us, and we really do. Second, third-time guests as well. We're just so grateful that you're with us today. What, what are the things that Break the heart of God that Jesus would want to undo. What are the things that break the heart of God that Jesus would want to undo? I don't know if you remember, but a few years back, this was a big deal, but a few years back, there were these bracelets that people would wear, and on the bracelet, it would say uh, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? WWJD. It was a pretty big hit. Well, let me explain to you really quick how all of that came about. Back in, 19, back in 1896, Pastor Charles Sheldon wrote a book, and the book is entitled In His Steps. Do you know that this guy had over 30 million of those books were sold? 30 million back in 18… How did they get that out there without the internet? How can we live without the internet? How have we lived without, you know, that kind of thing. But anyhow, 30 million of these copies were sold. And essentially, the book was about small town living where different people who would face situations in life, they would ask themselves, this book is talking about this, they would ask themselves, um, um, they would ask themselves, in this situation, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this particular situation? So from that little book about 100 years ago, and now here we are 100 years later, that WWJD has really come to life. But the series I'm dealing with is not dealing with what would Jesus do. In fact, I'm going to be doing just the opposite, just the opposite of what this, this typical little band would have. The question that we're dealing with is what would Jesus undo? What would Jesus undo? What is it that Jesus saw that would, would break the heart of his father that Jesus would want to undo? All of us probably, every one of us, male, female, young and old alike, we all wish if we had to do it all over again, we would change this and we wouldn't do that. But we don't have that opportunity with this. And here we're dealing with this kind of a question. So in these three weeks, we're going to cover three different areas. It's pretty profound. It's pretty deep. You need to be ready for this. This is not going to be an easy message today. This is going to be really tough. For some of us, this is going to be really, really hard, including the guy speaking to you this morning. This is not an easy message. But we're going to cover three different areas, and today we're going to be covering not forgiving our offender. Not forgiving. If Jesus could undo anything that makes the heart of the Father broken, it would be not forgiving our offender virtually. Every single one of us have been hurt and offended by somebody. We all have. It could be as simple as a misunderstanding, or it could be miscommunication. But rest assured, be confident of this, and that is that the devil will work overtime to drive a wedge between you and that individual that you had this small conflict with that will negatively impact your relationship for years and years to come unless you deal with this properly. Unless you deal with it properly. At, at other times, the offense is much deeper than that. At other times, it's, it's more direct with intentional pain and heartache that would come our way. 
It could be, it could be a, something like gossip. People have been gossiping about you or lies or betrayal. Maybe it's even adultery in one way or another. But those things rock our world. Those things really have impact in each of our lives. So somehow... Somehow you try to stuff all of the pain of that deep down problem issue that you're dealing with so that you can begin to function in life. This thing, this revelation has come to you, what they've said, what they've done, the adultery, whatever it may be. And now you push all of the emotions, all of the thoughts, you try to push them down, deep down inside so that you can somehow or another function in life. And you go on life, go, go on with life acting as if everything is completely fine. Everything is, un, is okay until something sparks that anger again. Something happens and all of a sudden you have this anger and the bitterness inside of you now all of a sudden begins to rise and, and you fall apart and even explode on people and you regret that. You regret for what you have done because you haven't dealt with this in a proper way. These are some of the things that Jesus would want to undo on you and on me as a believer, as well as the other things we're going to talk about this month. But these are things that Jesus would want to do. And all because a believer, like you and like me, haven't dealt with these things in a proper way. We have not been able to deal with that in a proper way. Go with me to Mark chapter Mark chapter 11, again, I know you've been introduced to our U version, and you can follow along with that if you'd like, and uh, we will also have all of the scriptures, everything we're going to talk about uh, will be projected on the screen behind me. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, here's what it says, and when, and when you stand praying, Jesus is talking here, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Let me say it again. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins, is what Jesus says. Forgiving somebody is unnatural. It's unnatural. Bottom line, we don't like doing that. We don't like to forgive. When someone hurts us, when somebody assaults us, when somebody damages us, when somebody talks against us or dis even disagrees with us, most of us want to hold a grudge at the very least with that person. We want to pay them back in one way or another. When I was in high school, just about 10 years ago, when I was in high school, um, if somebody picked on me, if somebody did something to me, my statement that I would make all the time, and I would pretty much live up to it, I would say something like this, I don't get mad, I just get even. And I mean that. If somebody did this to me or if somebody did that to me or whatever they did to me, I, I would just say, I don't get mad, I just get even. And honestly, sincerely, my attitude was, it would be two times, three times, four times worse than what you've done to me. I would make sure that they paid for whatever they've done to offend me, to hurt me, whatever they did. So when someone tells us that we need to forgive him or her, we don't want to hear that. We don't want anything to do with that. All of that goes cross-grained to every instinct that we have on inside of us. So let me ask you a very personal question without any answers out loud. Is there anybody here today, oh wait, I, I want you to respond to this one. It's the next one I don't want you to respond to. So let me ask you this. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Are you agreeing with me so far that this is an issue that we as people deal with? Yes or no? You agree? So let me ask you a personal question that I don't want you to answer. And that is, who is in your life today that you have not forgiven? Immediately. That name comes, that face comes to your, your mind. Who is that person in your life today 
that you have not forgiven? Who is that person that seems to be with you everywhere you go? Who negatively affects so much of what you do day to day? That person's situation in your life. Who are you related to when you hear that name, when you hear them? It just fires you up. All of, the, all of the past, all of those things that were said and done just comes back to surface, comes back into your mind because of what they did say or what they did do to you. I want you to hang with me because we're gonna get a little bit deep with some of these things here today. The reality is that unforgiveness, that unforgiveness that you harbor for them um, because they have wronged you and you have not dealt with that biblically, you have not dealt with that properly and therefore you're carrying this around with you continuously. They are the ones, those particular individuals, they are the ones who are now determining and controlling your future, your life, your attitude, your relationships, your thought process, your plans and possibilities, your potential on so many levels. They are the one who are now controlling that in your life because of not dealing with this thing in a proper way, not dealing with this in a biblical way, not dealing with this the way that God says within his word that we need to deal with these things. Listen, you don't have to, you don't have to go into great detail with any of us to convince us, to convince us what you've gone through, what that person did to you. We believe you with this. We really do. We know it's, it was not good. We know that they wronged you, that they hurt you. We understand that they abused you and that, that they have neglected you. They even walked out on you. In your greatest need, they just, they just simply, they, they walked out on you. And you're angry, and in my opinion, and probably all of us would agree, we, we believe that it's justifiably so. You're angry. But the truth is, as long as you have not forgiven them and you're harboring anger and bitterness, like it or not, like it or not, they are pretty much controlling your life. That person, those people who have done this to you, they are now controlling you and your life, holding you back from being and living in freedom. And my friend, that is number one, not God's will for your life. And number two, it's just not the way to live your life. It's just not what it is that you need for your life. In my humble opinion, the only way true forgiveness can take place is with some kind of a supernatural intervention, a supernatural uh, intervention that, would, uh, that something supernatural has to intervene for us. And honestly, the bottom line for that is you need God. You and you and you and you and you and me. We need God. We need God in order to get through to the other side. And I know, I'm confident about this. I know that for you, that supernatural thing has already happened today for you. It has already happened. I just told you a few minutes ago. I prayed for you specifically. I know what I'm talking about. I know what we're dealing with here today. And I believe that for some of us who are really in the throes of these challenges... God has already done something in you because I have been praying for you. I've been praying all week long down in South Carolina, coming back, going down, coming back. I knew what I was speaking on. And I've been just praying that what it is that you will discover and you will see and you will know that what is impossible for man, all things are possible for God. With God, it's, with God all things are possible. So if there's unforgiveness in your heart, 
I personally believe that the power of the Holy Spirit through the living word of God is going to give you the ability to do something supernatural. And that is that you would forgive those who hurt you. We're dealing with that today. That you would forgive those, him, her, who has hurt you. So let's dig into this deeper. Question number one. Let's, let's start with why. Why in the world should I forgive someone who has hurt me? Or someone who has hurt someone that I love so very much? Why should I do that? You know, there's a bunch of reasons. But because of time's sake, I'm going to give you two. Two different reasons why we should do that. Reason number one is unforgiveness hurts me. Unforgiveness hurts me. Go with me in your, in your Bibles here to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Some of us are living with roots of bitterness in our lives, roots of bitterness. And uh, we have learned to function um, with a grudge and roots of bitterness that grows deep, deep down in the soil of the hurt that we have that was not dealt with properly because we did not confront this, we did not deal with this. The scripture says, the Bible tells us that, that love keeps no record. But when you're dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness, I'm telling you, you remember every single detail. You can remember how she looked, how she responded, the growl that she had, the, the meanness that he had with his eyes and how he was shaking as he was screaming at you. Whatever those things are, that you can, we can remember the details. So why should we forgive? Because unforgiveness hurts us. Unforgiveness hurts us, the, def the offended. We are the offended. Uh, it hurts us. We are the defended. You see, unforgiveness is like a cancer. And it will eat you, uh, it will eat you up from the inside out. Forgiving a person does not diminish what they have done to you. I've preached on, I've been here 26 years, almost 27. I've preached on this quite a few times over the years. And a lot of you have heard me say that before many times, but I'm saying it again. Un, uh, uh, forgiving a person does not diminish what they've done to you. That's, that's a lie from the enemy. And you need to understand, it just doesn't work that way. Forgiveness is for the offended. If you've been offended by him, by her, by them, however it may be, forgiveness is for you, for the offended. It's not for the offender. You're not letting them off the hook. They don't even care about you anymore. They don't care what they've said or what they've done. They have no thought toward you. It's you that are dealing with this. So when you and I are dealing with forgiveness, unforgiveness is like that cancer. And forgiveness is not for the offended. It is for the offender. But this is what God's calling us to. This is what God wants for you and I. Jesus wants to undo the hurt and the pain that you and I carry about because of our unforgiveness that we have in our life. You must today forgive them and you must release them. You have to do that. And then from that, you begin to be set free. She said, and she said in the video that she's not there yet. You know, it's not, it's not like this is easy for her. There's a work that still needs to be done, but God wants you to be free of that. That's exactly what God wants for you, to have the freedom of the hurt and the pain, the anger and the bitterness and the unforgiveness that you deal with on a regular basis. You have a very important decision to make today. Which, which do I prefer, peace or bitterness? What, what do you want? 
What, what do you want with this person that's always on your mind? What do you want with this? What are you looking for? If you choose to remain bitter, then your bitterness won't damage anybody. It's not going to destroy or hurt anyone but yourself. You're the one that's going to deal with this. As I've already said, the person who offended you, they don't care. They don't care about you. They didn't offend you because they loved you. They offended you because they're selfish. Whatever the reasons are, it doesn't matter. So if you choose to remain bitter, then your bitterness is going to destroy yourself. So the next question is, why should I forgive? Number one is because unforgiveness hurts me. Number two, why should I forgive? Because I will need forgiveness. I will need forgiveness. Matthew chapter six, verses 14 and 15. Again, Jesus speaking, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. I gotta say that again. For Jesus says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. I'll get back to that in a minute. Jesus told a story in the Bible and he told a parable, which is not a true story, but it's something with a point so, so that there would be spiritual understanding. So Jesus tells a parable about a master who had a servant <coughs> who owed the master about 10,000 talents. And just so you know, <clears throat> Just so you know, the 10,000 talents that day would be equivalent to about 150,000 years of hard labor. Or speaking financially, in American money today, going back centuries now, uh, today it would be a little bit over $2 billion that he owed his master. Anybody got a couple million just hanging around so you can pay off a debt? No, I, I don't think that that's that easy. So everybody who heard the story when Jesus is telling this, this, this parable, when Jesus is talking about it, as soon as that was said, that he owed, he, he owed all those talents, um, they knew for sure this guy was never going to come up with the money. So the servant begged for mercy. And he begged and begged. And finally the master showed mercy on him and forgave him of his debt. The master forgave him. The crowd couldn't believe it. They couldn't, are you kidding me? He would be that generous. He forgave him of his debt. Now, that same servant who's just been forgiven of all of his debt immediately goes back to his hometown, his village, and on that very same day, Jesus tells us, on that very same day, there was another guy, another servant, who came to the original servant, and he owed him a day's wage, which is about 11 bucks, and our standard today, owed about 11 bucks. And the guy asked that original servant and said, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me of my debt? And the servant looked at him and said, nope, not happening. You're going off to jail. And he would be sent off to jail. Well, the master, Jesus tells us, the master found out about the unforgiveness of the servant. And here's, uh, here's what the Bible says. Go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 32. Matthew chapter 18, verse 32. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, you, in, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed, is what the, the scriptures tell us here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 32 through 34. It's been said it's been said that there is one sin in the Bible that you and I will never be forgiven of. The, the, it's been told, and it's accurate, but go with me to Matthew chapter 12. Let me read to you where we will not be forgiven. And it says here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 32, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man who speaks against Jesus, you're gonna be forgiven. That's not a problem. 
But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, he will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So that one scripture there, that one thing that is said, it's, it's a true thing. We won't be forgiven if we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, if we, you know, all of that stuff. But I want to let you know, but that's not actually correct. It's not actually really true because there's more than just one scripture that says this. Let me dig a little bit deeper with you and let me prove it to you. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13. This is then how you should pray. And let's pray this together. As it's projected on the screen, let's pray this prayer together because all of us already know it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to go back to verse 12, because that's where I really want to emphasize this point that I'm making. Verse 12 says, forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, is what Jesus says. Hang with me. I need to go a little bit further. The Bible tells us it's confirmed in Matthew chapter 18, verse 34, with what Jesus says. But before I read to you Matthew chapter 18, verse 34, I want to go back to, and it's not going to be on your, your, your notes here. So I want to go back to Matthew 18, verses 32 through 34. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled your debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have done the same thing for your own fellow servant? In anger, his master said, because of what you've done, I'm going to hand you over to the jailers to be tortured until you should pay back what you owe. And of course, he owed so much, he would never be free of that, and he would always go. But I want you to go to verse 35. I I want you to see verse 35. Listen to these words. This is Jesus speaking. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I don't know what that does for you, but it sends a chill up my spine. And the reason is, is because I still deal with this. I still have issues in my life of things that people have said, things that people have done, people that I know well, people that I love people who I desperately love. And every now and then, that thing just, just shoots right through me again. I'm probably the only one in the room that has that because nobody says amen. amen. So I'm confessing to you my shortcomings and my weaknesses. But anyhow, the scripture is telling us something very clear here. The Bible tells us not only, not only who speaks against the Holy Spirit is not forgiven, but Jesus also says in Matthew chapter six that if you do not forgive their sins, then you're not gonna be forgiven. It also says in Matthew chapter six, verse 12, and forgive our debts as we forgive others who have debt against. You're gonna, you and I have to forgive. We have to forgive. You and I need forgiveness is why we should forgive. You and I need for forgiveness. And Jesus would undo you and me not forgiving for not forgiving our offender. I don't know about you, but I know for Randy Chiz, it's interesting to me in my own life how much I really embrace, really embrace God giving me a lot of grace and God giving me a lot of mercy. I know about it and I know you know about God's grace and mercy. But I, Randy Chiz, I, I lean on that a lot because I need it a lot. But the bad side of me is this. Somehow I'm really slow to give that same grace and that same mercy to who offends me. And I've shared, I'm not gonna share one story with you on that except to say, you've heard a lot of my car driving stories because I'm the best driver in the whole world. 
and every one of you are not nearly as good as me, and I can get really nasty when somebody does something to me in that area. Why should we forgive? Because it's really important to forgive because God says that if I forgive others, he says he will forgive us. And if we don't forgive, and, and I'm not really too sure where exactly the Bible is taking this, but I got a good hint. If we refuse to forgive those who offend us, we're gonna die in our sin. That's what I understand in the scripture. And you can dig and dig and dig and hopefully you can show me something different, but this is as serious as that to God. That if you and I don't forgive those who sin against us, your father's not gonna forgive you. And that's a scary thing to know. So how do I forgive someone who has ripped out my heart? How do I forgive someone who for years did this and this and this to me? How do I forgive someone who hurts someone that I love so desperately? If I'm supposed to do that, how do I do that? I'm gonna give you two things behind that as well. Number one, start with prayer. If you're gonna forgive somebody, you need to start with prayer. Pray for those who have hurt you, pray for them. Do not pray that they get hemorrhoids and do not pray that they get herpes. But pray for them. Pray for them. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And I'm pretty sure Jesus never prayed that prayer. Actually, we are to pray the prayer that Jesus himself prayed when he was on the cross. When the, when the created was mocking the creator, he didn't ask God to give them nothing but a bad dose of hemorrhoids. Here's what he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Didn't he? Did he say that, yes or no? Yes. He said that, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We need to pray like our creator does. In fact, I want to go one step further, and this is, a, this is going to be another tough one for you and I to deal with, at least for me to deal with. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. You've heard it said, you've heard that it, uh, that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the Old Testament. The Old Testament said you can do that. The New Testament, where Jesus takes over, Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. There's the Old Testament approach, which is what I'd like. I think it would be great for us to still live in. But there's the New Testament approach. And Jesus says, <clears throat> Jesus says that we are to love our enemies and we are to pray for those who persecute us. I'm sure you know that there are three different words that define love in the, in the Bible. There is the uh, eros love, eros, um, that is a love, uh, that is a need-based kind of love. It is a physical attraction kind of love. It is, um, it, it, it is to be passionate about or even sometimes intoxicated with that someone in your life uh, with this kind of a love, that real deep, deep love. Um, it is where we get the word erotic from. So you can all imagine now, <clears throat> within the context of marriage, God wants, within the context of marriage, I say this, within the context of marriage, God wants the husband and wife to enjoy each other physically and sexually and most intimately. That's God's plan. Then there's another love, which is phileo or phileo. I don't know how you say it. I don't know if you say tomato or tomato. I say tomato, no, I say tomato. But phileo or phileo, however you want to say it, this is the devoted companionship type of love. It's a love for all of humankind. It's a love for people. It's for you and I watching uh, the Weather Channel, and all of a sudden they show up the children who are starving to death, and we weep over what they are going through. 
That is a, a, a mutually beneficial kind of love in which we help others, we help each other, one another, within a small group, within a life group, within a church, within a community. Disaster happens. Just before we went to South Carolina, a horrible, horrible uh, tornado down in, in uh, Alabama. Just people help. We, we, we didn't take up an offering for that, by the way, and we should, and maybe I still will. I'll find out how they're doing with all of that. But that is a love. It, it's, I love you because it benefits, benefits the both of us. But the third love is agape love. That is the greatest of all loves of love. This is the love used by Jesus. Jesus coming into this world is because he loved us with agape love. It's a great love. He describes God with agape love. It is a sacrificial love. It is a love that puts your needs and interests over my own comfort and desires. Uh, It's a 100% unconditional kind of love. Regardless of how you feel about me, regardless of how you treat me, how you see me, or how lovable you are or are not, agape is 100% always unconditional. I will love you regardless. Agape love is the most pure love of, of love that would be possible. And how Christians are called to love everyone with this agape love, even your enemies even him or her or them who have said and done what they've done to you. And that's exactly what Jesus says in the scripture. When he says these words, you are to love your enemies, it's agape love. It's not a mutual love, it's an agape love because they hate you. They despise you. And yet we're to love them. Story after story, and I can't go to them because of the, of the, the time frame that, that I'm dealing with, but it is a, a love like that that God has called each and every one of us each and every one of us to be a part of that kind of love. It's mind-boggling to me. We are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Chances are really high that some of us in this room are saying right now to themselves, no way, man. There's no way. I am not going to pray for him. I am not going to pray for her. And I get it. I understand it. I've dealt with that. Sometimes I still deal with that. As most of you know that we lost our son. Our oldest son, 40 years old, with, with a, a widowmaker, his heart, had massive heart attack and died. And there are some things that got me, had me so upset about this. And the enemy would do, do all kinds of things. And you and I, I understand it when you have those thoughts and feelings. But what I have found in, what I have found is that oftentimes, listen to this, it takes right actions to trigger right feelings. Did you hear that? Oftentimes, for God to move forward with you and I so that we will and we can forgive, it takes right actions to trigger the right feelings. And sometimes the right actions have to come first. It has to come first because truthfully, if you wait for the right desire, if you wait for the, wait for the right feelings to do something about that, whoever's done what they've done, you may be waiting a long time because it's going to keep on burning within you. It's going to keep on having these things arise within you and I. We may never have that desire to forgive that individual. So this doesn't make sense to a lot of people I know. (laughs) A lot of people who are here today at Word of Life, you just don't understand. It doesn't make sense. But I'm here to tell you, my friend, whoever you are and wherever you may be in your belief system, we are followers of Jesus here at Word of Life. And as pastor of this church, it is my responsibility to remind me and to remind us in this church, that there are just some things that God, Jesus would undo if he would come back here. (coughs) And he would want to make happen right now within our lives. And that is that he would want us to come to the place that we would forgive 
our offenders. We would forgive them and that God would have his way with our lives. The second thing I want to tell you is that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. We are to forgive as we have been forgiven. How do you forgive? I mean, how do you do it? How do you forgive? Well, I've already said you begin by prayer, but another thing that we do is we forgive the same way that God has forgiven us. You have to do it that way. You, you just have to forgive the way that God has chosen to forgive us, number one, because he loves us so desperately. But secondly, because of his great grace and his great love for every one of us. The same way that Jesus has forgiven us. We need to forgive as, uh, as Christ has completely forgiven you and me. July 5th, 1971, south side of Philadelphia, I gave my life to Jesus as a young Roman Catholic. I had gone to the confessional many times, many weeks in a row to the priest and tell them what I've done. And when I walked out of there, I felt okay, but in seven minutes after I walked out the door, I'm doing the very same thing again. And I gotta make the appointment to go back next week. When I gave my life to Jesus and I was born again at 16 years old, 1971 in Philadelphia, when, when I received Jesus, I'm telling you, 16 years old, a punk, a dude, whatever you want to call me, I I just, my whole life changed. I knew I was forgiven. I know the sins that I had committed were immediately erased and immediately forgiven. The same way that Jesus has forgiven Randy, I have to forgive others. You have to forgive others. Christ forgives you and I constantly. He never stops forgiving us. If we repent of our sin, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and what? Cleanse us of all unrighteousness is what the Bible says. You and I are to forgive the same way. It's what God says within his word. Go with me to Colossians chapter three. We're just about done. Colossians chapter three, verse 13. And it says this, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3. 13. Can I be honest with you as I close off today? None of this is easy. I don't know if there's going to be three people who are going to be walking out of here with whistling and, man, this was great today. I hope so, but maybe not because this is hard. It's messy. The complications you're dealing with, with your ex, with whoever those people are in your life, it's messy. And there's going to be pain at times that will seem unbearable. But you and I have to do that. You have to choose to forgive whatever those grievances are. And I'm not telling you to call them on the phone, knock on their door. I'm not telling you to do any of that. You've got to settle that within your heart today. You can walk out of here with this message and say, I'll never go back there again. I'll never have to hear something like that from that church. Or you could walk out of here and say, this is one of the toughest things I'm dealing with right now. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. Because I've got a feeling it's going to be hard. But Jesus says that we are to forgive. Okay, but pastor, how do I do that? And again, it's the same way that God has forgiven you. And at this point, Peter now with Jesus, he tries to take it to another level. And I think he's very sincere in this. How How many times should I forgive Jesus? How many times do I do that? Seven times? And most of us know that Jesus said, no, you forgive 70 times seven. And it doesn't mean 490. It means you forgive all the time. Jesus is saying, you forgive all the time. 
You and I do what she did all the time. She is the light of the world. She is the salt of the earth living that way, doing what Jesus has told us that we are to do. Jesus said, you and I are, for, are to forgive. So let me be clear about one thing. I gotta I got share something with you. Let me, let me digress just for one minute as I close off because I'm seeing this a lot. I see this a lot in the sports world. I see this even within my community, within my church. I see it when I watch cop shows. To my ladies and my young ladies, my teenage girls, if your man that you're living with, married to, dating, if your man is hitting you and abusing you, and you're wondering because of what pastor said today about always forgiving, what do I do with that? Do, do, I, do I forgive him and stay in the house? And I'm here to tell you no. No, you don't do that. You get out of the house and you forgive him at a distance. You forgive him at a distance. You get out of the house and you protect yourself. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you go back into that one who's abusing you, physically, emotionally, however they're doing it, abusing you, and it's okay, and you're supposed to put up with that. I'm telling you that if you're a lady and there's a guy who is hitting you, get to a safe place and then tell someone in the church, because I promise you, we've got some men here at Word of Life who are barely saved. <laughs> barely saved. And for 50 bucks, they'll do just about anything that their pastor wants them to do. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. <laughs> because not only are they rough and tough, but they're greedy. They'll take 50 bucks to do anything. I'm telling all of my church, all of my women, all of my girls, all of my boys, forgiveness never means that you go and put up, put yourself in a place where someone who, someone is going to keep abusing you and assaulting you in any way at all, emotionally, physically, sexually. Capiche? You agree? We agree. The bottom line is you and I as Christ followers are to forgive and the Lord has forgiven you. And that means as Christ followers, the forgiven forgives others. That's what we do. And I am, I am forgiven by Christ and did not deserve any bit of that, but his grace and his mercy on me made it so that I am forgiven of my sin before God. And I offer the same forgiveness that he has given me I want to give it to those who need my forgiveness. <clears throat> I offer the same forgiveness that he has been given to me. So I pray. I pray that if you're in bondage to bitterness and unforgiveness, I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch your heart and that God would do a miracle within you, that you would have an experience today. I said I prayed for you last night and I've been praying for you for week, last week now that there would be something of a supernatural event that would happen in your life of a special healing, a healing in relationships because the foundation of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ is always to forgive. It is forgiveness because as we have been freely forgiven, Jesus would undo the bondage to bitterness and unforgiveness toward our offender. 
whoever that is. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to close out with one last and final song. And before we do, I just want to say a quick prayer. And I'm requesting two things. Number one, number one, if you need prayer for anything, physical, emotional, whatever your need would be, these people have been praying for the last hour for this church service so that God would meet you in a wonderful way. They're ready to pray with you if you have a need. But for the many of us who are dealing right now within our own minds, him, her, that, and this, I want you to feel free to always come up to the altar when we do an altar call. Come up to the altar and just seek God. Let God help you through this. Cry out to God. If you have to beat your fist, beat your fist down on the, on the altar. God, help me with this. Because some of us need that. So we welcome you to come to the altar to do that. We want you to be free of your sin. Would you please bow your heads and let me just pray this, this real quick prayer if you would let me. God, we ask that you would do a deep work in the wounds of our heart, in the wounds of our soul. And God, that you would do a miracle to help us to forgive our for offenders from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Let's begin with that song and feel free to come on down and be prayed for or to pray. Let's just take that.